Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca. I'm here on Couch Talk tonight. It's really going to be an exciting Couch Talk this evening, and I'm really glad to have a special guest with me here tonight, Dr. Stephen Masley, who I'll introduce to you more in a moment. I um, want to tell you our topic tonight is Tune Up Your Heart, Energy, Waistline, and Sex Lives. Very exciting topic, and it's one for all of us um, ladies who are listening to grab that special man in your life or friend, et cetera, that is, is nearby and doesn't typically want to listen to your talks because this talk is really meant for man, woman, and um, couples. So really want to encourage all of you to listen and, and grab your partner to listen in tonight's special couch talk. As you know, my couch talk is just this beautiful, intimate place for conversation. This couch talk is for you, a place where you can ask questions. Openly, honestly, shamelessly, guiltlessly, we're here to answer answer them for you. We include our disclaimer as a physician and my uh, physician guest that the information that we're providing tonight and on all Couch Talks and on my website is for informational purposes and are not intended as a diagnosis treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. So please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for uh, your specific health care or medical needs or concerns. But again, tonight we are taking questions live, so we look forward to interacting with you. Today, again, this very special call with our expert, we are going to learn what predicts heart disease, the five F's to fantastic heart health. Um, and you all can just kind of right now write down your guesses to what those five F's may be. And we're also going to discuss what the five new categories of food are that will prevent and reverse heart disease. And what are the top two foods that cause heart disease? And what early symptom of sexual health is a red flag for the heart? So we do have a lot to cover this evening. And for those of you who don't know me, I am Dr. Anna Kabeca, your host for Couch Talk, and an Emory University-trained, board-certified gynecologist and obstetrician. I'm also board-certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine, an expert in functional medicine and women's health and hormone therapy. I'm an international lecturer, consultant, and trainer, and love bringing you the information that will help you transform your health and put you in control of your health, your most important commodity, you. Today, our very special, lovely guest is the author of the new book on the market called The 30-Day Heart Tune-Up, and this is Dr. Stephen Masley, who is a good friend, and in the picture, too, um, that I'm sharing with you here, we have a picture of his book as well as a picture of Robin and me uh, with Dr. Masley at a conference recently uh, that he uh, gave us a copy of his book right off the, hot off the presses, Stephen. So very excited to have, have you here today. And I want to introduce you to all our audience today. Dr. Stephen Masley is a fellow with the American Heart Association, the American College of Nutrition, and the American Academy of Family Physicians. He's also a researcher, speaker, author, and trained chef. Dr. Masley has lectured for the Age Management Medicine Group, the, com uh, the committee on age management medicine that I'm on the scientific committee for, and he is a 
uh, highly sought after speaker as well as you know desired back by so many um, organizations over and over again. Over the past 15 years, he has won acclaim for helping hundreds of patients reverse type 2 diabetes and eliminate the symptoms of cardiovascular disease. Currently, he is the president for the Masley Optimal Health Center in Tampa, Florida. He's the medical director for the 10 Years Younger program and has a clinical appointment with the University of South Florida. He's an instructor for the lasting leadership training at Eckerd College and the Center for Leadership with Sykes College of Business and the University of Tampa. Like I said, Dr. Masley has lectured around the country to huge numbers of physician groups as a physician trainer in addition to really getting the word out with his. And this is your fourth book, right, Stephen? God, I can go on and on about you. Chef, nutritionist, so much beautiful information to share with our audience today. Welcome. Welcome to Couch Talk. Well, I'm delighted to be here. It's really actually a big thrill to join your Couch Talk, so it's great. (laughs) It's great to have you on my couches. I have sat on yours. <laughs> so I'm really excited about your book, Stephen. I want to I want to dig in and ask questions. I know we have a lot of information to share um, uh, for my audience. And Dr. Massey is going to give a good background on cardiovascular health, and we've got some great images. So if you don't have a pen and pen uh, pen and paper handy, please get one because these are going to just be some bullet points and notes that are really key that we want to share. Um, so tell me what inspired you to write your 30-day heart tune-up. Well, we've been doing research in our clinic, and we've looked at what predicts if people are growing plaque or not. Plaque growth in your arteries what causes heart attacks and strokes. And we've really had some breakthrough findings, you know, just some, something that's been so empowering to patients and what they can do to tune up their heart, energy, waistline, and sex life. I mean, it just would have been completely remiss not to share this on a large scale. Yeah, absolutely true. So talk about how large of a scale this problem is, like the magnitude of cardiovascular Well, number one cause of death in America is cardiovascular disease in most of the world. And, you know, typically when, you know, men realize it affects them, but women often don't realize that heart disease is the number one cause of death. If I ask a group of women, most often they'll pick breast cancer. And as bad as breast cancer is, for every one woman who dies of breast cancer, six women die from heart disease. So it's really very important. Uh, We spend a fortune on it as a nation, but it's really wrong what we're doing today. We are spending 90% of our health funding for heart disease on procedures and hospital care when with the 30-day heart tune-up, we could actually prevent 90% of all heart disease today. And I think just the listeners, the public, everybody out there deserves so much better. And it's and I'm really happy to be able to get this message out. That is huge. That is huge. I mean, what you're saying is that 90% of heart attacks and strokes can be prevented. And you're, you give the keys. With in just the lifestyle heart- changes you and I promote every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I wanted you to go through some graphics. We put in some graphics on normal arteries versus abnormal so we can really get a visual of what's happening on the inside of us. Well, yeah, this is so important because it's not just about heart disease, too. Remember, this impacts your circulation. So do you have good energy? Do you, you know, and it impacts sexual function, as I know we're going to get to talk about. So our energy, our waistline, our mental sharpness, 
our sexual function, these are all dependent on circulation. So that first picture is like a normal artery. It, that's what a, you know, a open freeway should look like. It's wide open, and your cholesterol is the delivery truck that carries nutrients from your gut to your cells. It's not a bad thing. If we eat healthy food, it delivers nutrients, and it flows right through. And then when you move to the next slide, here's what here's what's amazing. When people eat a bad meal, they don't realize what an immediate impact it has. Within 20 minutes, your artery constricts and you lose 20% of blood flow. That's why you'd have to junk food. People feel tired, stuck in their chair. But that goes on for six to eight hours. So for six to eight hours, there's a significant drop in performance. That's what A is, you know. So A, in con a here is when you eat healthy food, your arteries dilate, you improve circulation. B, if you eat a junk food meal, your artery, like sugar or bad fat, your artery constricts and you lose it. Um, and then over time, if you're not, if you, this isn't just a single meal choice, but a lifestyle, your arteries start to grow plaque. Think of a glass of whole milk. And so in the next slide, when you think of it, it's if you pour a whole milk into a glass and empty the glass, you see a film. Well, over a, life, over a lifespan, that happens over and over and over again, and we start growing plaque. You get... I would call it pimples, small pimples growing on an artery. And most people think you have this event. Now, this picture here, it says atherosclerotic process development of plaque. That's about a 50% obstruction. That doesn't cause any symptoms. It's not going to, it doesn't cause an abnormal stress test. And that's too small. They can't treat this. Um, lesion with a procedure like bypass surgery because it's not blocking the artery enough. Mm -hmm. So, but when we actually look at studies on who dies from a heart attack, it's these little plaques that cause more than 80% of heart attacks and strokes. So it's the baby lesions, these baby plaques, I call them pimples, if they pop, the medical term from that is plaque rupture. That's what causes people to die from heart attack and stroke. We can't treat prevent these with procedures. We can only treat the big blockages with procedures. So it's it's a it's a major shift in how we think about this. So for years we did all these bypass surgeries. I mean many people listening out there, if not themselves, their parents, someone, they've probably had a relative. So as that plaque grows, the risk is you get a little thing, a pimple that pops, it releases chemicals, and that causes a thrombus to form or a clot, and the clot blocks the whole artery. So it's a really, to think of baby plaques are what cause most heart attacks and strokes, and you can't treat them with procedures, but lifestyle is the only thing that's going to make that difference. So that's just a huge transformation in the whole thinking process um, what do we do to prevent heart disease and at the same time improve our circulation quality of life? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a huge amount. You know, one of the things that I had read a study on is that early signs of cardiovascular diseases, um, you know, when we see calcifications on mammogram. So, uh, so many women will get a mammogram, and what we're worried about is, you know, uh, suspicious-looking calcifications. But when we see calcifications in general, that can be an early sign of hardening of the arteries, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so that's something for, you know, that's something that I started looking at with clients. Okay, you're having calcification formation, so what we really need to do is those therapeutic lifestyle changes that make a difference. And that creates that low inflammatory. So talk about inflammation, how the vessels also get stickier and... Well, um, when you think about that milk analogy, whereas you pour milk into a glass and empty the glass and you see that film... That film isn't the problem. If the film is inflamed, it'll harden and it'll become crystallized or plaque-like on the lining. And that, so it's the combination of infl- a film itself that we usually get from bad fat or sugar in our diet and inflammation making it harden onto the artery wall. It's that combo that really is what grows plaque in our arteries. So inflammation is absolutely an essential part of heart disease. And if we do, if we weren't inflamed, it wouldn't matter. You know, there wouldn't be any impact on our our well-being. I think that's just such an important part of aging is inflammation. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, anything else that you want to share about these slides? I know you have this uh, uh, image kind of. Well, here's re- what most people think is their artery is blocked: sixty percent, eighty percent, ninety-five percent. 99% and they have a heart attack, but that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. We know from autopsy studies, people who died for a heart attack, it's these little baby plaques. Your arteries only block 20 to 40%. That causes more than 80% of all heart attacks and strokes. And this last picture here where you see this kind of yellow ring, there's that center to it. That's very hardened artery. That's a lot of plaque. This is what a cardiologist may want to um, do a procedure on, but that thing is so stable, it's never going to hurt someone. That is not going to rupture when it's so, that yellow, that picture we're seeing there, and that mm-hmm. center to it is the open artery, but it's about 70% blocked. This is what we treat with procedures, and we're only treating the symptoms. So if someone out there, most of us have had a family member with heart disease, a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a spouse, somebody's been involved with this process in our families. And it's so important to realize we can stop all this from occurring. We can even shrink it and reverse it. And it's up to us, our choices we make, that make the biggest difference. And these heart procedures that people, that our cardiologists do, aren't without side effects, aren't without risk as well. Well, that's why this has been so personally for me. My, I've had family members hurt more from procedures than from the disease itself. I had a stepfather. I loved him. He was this wonderful guy. I was so glad when my he married my mom. Um, he ended up getting angina. They capped him, and they knocked off a huge piece of black. It destroyed the whole right side of his brain. He was devastated, blind, couldn't dress, couldn't do anything. So, you know, they say, oh, it's only about a 1% rate, but when it's you, when it's a family member that you love, it's devastating. Um, my mother-in-law, I've gotten so lucky to have a great mother-in-law. I married this woman, Nicole, you know her, and her mom was just incredible. Well, she went in for bypass surgery, and she came out with major memory loss, and it never came back. And, you know, at this point, she's just got severe dementia from her cardiovascular disease and the procedure. So it's just a tragedy in my own personal family. It makes it so much more personal um, for me to want to be part, you know, part of this, making a difference in changing what we're doing today. 
Absolutely. And uh, Stephen, I don't know if you know this about me, but when I was in medical school, my mom underwent, she had had uh, cardiac bypass surgery when I was in college. But when I was in med school, she went, underwent uh, another heart procedure for a valve replacement. She never made it out of the operating room. And I am passionate about healing a heart and healthy hearts in so many ways, all the ways that the heart connects to our body, for our cardiovascular system, our energy, our emotions, our love and intimacy, and in all those ways. Um, and that's why I really love your book, 30-Day Heart Tune-Up, and I love your mission, too, as well as your passion behind your mission and how personal it is for us. And I think that's brought so many of our um, physicians and colleagues that we work with into this area is when it's it's touched us personally in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that so much. It's hard to take uh, the status quo when we've seen it firsthand because too often I think we as physicians just deny that these things happen, but they happen all the time. And then when you're given that perspective, you're able to say, okay, this is the path that they're going down and it's taking them down the wrong route. You can see the end results are more and more medications and more and more procedures and then more and more medications for the symptoms and the underlying issues weren't effective. And for like, I think what I admire about you is you were saying as and and getting this message out there is look take your health into your own hands this is what you need to do and i've i've um been blessed to be at dr masley's office and work with him in the clinic and one thing he does routinely as as several of our age management colleagues does carotid imt imaging and i love ultrasound as an ob ultrasonographer mm-hmm. nothing is more amazing than imaging the fetal heart right the, mm-hmm, the baby right. heartbeat at, at first onset nothing mm-hmm. more exciting but probably very exciting is what you found with carotid um, um, imaging carotid vessel imaging can you talk about that and the results you had in your clinic what you were able to see as you're saying prevent and reverse yeah, so it's so interesting so that we can now look at the arteries and like on this picture here, this carotid IMT image, you, the the center, that black, it goes from right to left across the screen. And when you see black, that's the open artery coming from the right. And then it starts to open up. That's the branch. So where it says T there, that's a plaque lesion forming. At the bottom, it's kind of gray. So the black is the artery flowing. That's blood flow. And you see a lining along the edge. And you can actually, so we can measure the thickness of plaque people have. Right here, there's a plaque lesion between O and P that um, the arrow's pointing at it. So, I mean, I can actually see this, show it to someone. I can tell them how old their arteries are. And we have hundreds of patients who have shrunk their artery plaque now by more than 10%. That means their arteries are literally 10 years younger from following this 30-day heart tune-up program we've been using now for years. So... It's amazing to be able to show people how are you aging and is your plaque growing, shrinking, or staying the same over time with something that's so safe, like, as you said, the same kind of technology we use to look at a fetus. It's just awesome. It is. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing this. Now, talk to us about what predicts heart disease. So we were looking in our clinic at hundreds of markers that what predicts how thick your artery plaque is when we meet someone. And I was kind of expecting cholesterol and traditional things. and That wasn't true at all. 
total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol didn't have any predictive value, whether we even with or without cholesterol, you know, with or without cholesterol meds. What really mattered was fitness, how aerobically fit you are, your fiber intake, how much body fat someone has. It's not the weight, but body fat. Their fish intake and specific food nutrients. These are like fabulous factors that predict uh, do we have, are we getting heart disease or not. Of the classic ones, there were two things that made a difference. One was blood, pres blood pressure, and that makes total sense because your blood pressure reflects the function of your artery. Mm -hmm. And the only cholesterol matter, thing, total cholesterol, no point, um, the LDL, no point, but the total cholesterol H2O ratio was also a risk factor predicting plaque. And that's probably because that's related to meta, you know, metabolic syndrome and having elevated blood sugar, things like that. So, but it's so wonderful to know that the things that people can impact themselves without needing a doctor prescription, a drug or a procedure, um, make a huge difference. And now we're looking at what predicts is your plaque shrinking and we're seeing it's the same Fs, the same fabulous factors make a difference. You know, and that's such a huge thing because what uh, clients are looking at in their physician visits or medical office visits are their LDL cholesterol. And so what you're saying is the LDL cholesterol does not predict arterial plaque scores. Not when we first meet someone. Mm. Had no predictive value at all. But we spent so much, but we spent so much money and resource in doctors' offices dealing with this. But I think it's because we're so used to thinking about health as a disease that we manage, and this, and you can manage your cholesterol with drugs. So that's how most doctors think, not how you think, but it is how most physicians think today. And the idea that, wow, we could put patients in charge, have them get fit, get their fiber intake, get their body fat down, add fish, add food nutrients, and that would prevent this. To me, that's just so, such a breakthrough concept. Mm -hmm. So the things that are predicting plaque shrinkage, it's not taking a statin alone. Yeah. Now, if you do everything right, you're, you, you add the fiber, you get fit, you add fish, you lose body fat, and you meet the key food nutrients that help your heart, then adding a statin med has benefit to that. But I've had many patients who just decided they didn't want to change their lives. They were just going to take a, a cholesterol statin medication, and their plaque grew 3 to 5 to 6% in one year. So the meds by themselves don't work. They only work when you do it with an optimal lifestyle. And if you really follow the lifestyle, of our hundreds of people who shrunk the plaque, half of them did it without any medication at all. So you don't necessarily need them. So, but fiber and fish intake were key. Magnesium, it's such an important nutrient. And 70% of Americans are low in magnesium. Um, That's a huge, huge number. So, Stephen, share with us your heart tune-up plan. A little uh, So we looked at these predictors, and so we said, well, if these are the predictors, if we can help people shrink plaque, and, here, you know, we had... You know, you know this, but I should probably go back a second. My first program was like a, we created a 10 years younger program, how to turn back the clock on aging. And we didn't use many of these things before. We did randomized clinical trials, 
and we showed the average person who followed the recommendations in this heart tune-up plan were literally younger, trimmer, fitter, mentally sharper, in fact, sexier in, in a short period of time. So we had proven people could turn back the clock on aging following this. Now we've been looking at it in terms of how does that same plan that helps reverse slow aging impact our heart? So we came up with looking at adding heart-friendly foods because what foods can you add that you like, you enjoy, are easy to add that help your heart? Number two is measure your fitness. And if you measure it, it makes it a lot easier to know how to get trim, fit, and sexy in a lot less time. Number three was stress. I know you're a big person in stress management, so that it shouldn't surprise you that lowering cortisol and improving your stress helps your heart. And then the key nutrients that were there. And then we have these bonuses that came along with it. Um, you and I, you know, sex is really good for your health and your heart. That it raises, uh, you've probably talked about this many times, but oxytocin, it's calming, it's relaxing, it lowers your cortisol. But this program is awesome for your sex life because if we can improve circulation, it does so much for men and women. It's phenomenal. So right, yeah. One of the things that we're gonna, you know, that we talk about is um, little slide here is, you know, early symptom of sexual health that's a red flag for the heart. So we're talking about uh, vascular health and circulation, and how important that is for orgasm as well. So what's the early symptom of sexual health that's a red flag for the heart? specifically in men? Well, I think erectile dysfunction. You know, if you have erectile dysfunction, that's the most common, most likely cause of that is heart disease, cardiovascular disease. Your arteries are blocked, and that little artery that goes to your fifth important extremity for guys, um, it gets the first artery to be blocked because it's a small artery compared to the other limbs. So, um, yeah, rectal dysfunction is the first sign for most men that they have cardiovascular disease and they're at high risk for heart attack and stroke. And most right. men, I don't think, they just don't realize that. No, not at all. In fact, you know, they're looking for the answers in the wrong way, just, again, treating the symptoms. And I think that's so important. For women, the same thing, orgasmic dysfunction. I mean, the clitoral vessels are very, very small. Mm -hmm. I used to, you know, when I um, did evaluations for clitoral health or, uh, clients that had difficulty with orgasm actually doing ultrasound of the pelvic floor vessels, the clitoral artery, and you can look at blood flow um, mm -hmm. through those vessels and look at it improve as time goes on and therapeutic lifestyle changes and nutritional support help with natural vasodilation or, or vessel function. And the same thing, right. again, emphasizing calcifications on mammogram is another early sign, but certainly erectile dysfunction. That's a red flag for heart disease. Yeah, I think if for women, if a woman has trouble being aroused, I'm concerned about what's her circulation like. So yeah. They're almost the same thing as for a man who has erectile dysfunction. For women, arousal dysfunction. Or if there's no, you know, for, for moisture, for lubrication, you need good circulation. So... Either one of those can cause sexual dysfunction for women if they have poor circulation. And, and sexual function is so much better for women if they have good circulation. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to pause to let people know if they haven't signed up to get the replay, please do so for quebecahealth.com forward slash couch talk. Share this. We've got a lot more to share, and I've seen uh, several questions come in. I promise we will get to those. You can also hit star two to raise your hand and get in queue for those who are listening live on their phone. You can hit star two on your phone, and then as well, you know, typing in your questions is perfect. Dr. Massey also has a special gift to share, which is up on our um, uh, teleseminar page right now. You can click to get a free bonus. So I want all of you to be sure that you get that sometime uh, during this call tonight as that's up for a limited time. So I want uh, to encourage all of you to listen to that. And as we move on with uh, Dr. Stephen Masley, um, Stephen, tell us, the five new categories of food that will prevent or reverse heart disease. I know we touched on this just a little bit, but let's go into it. So number one's fiber. I mean, and most you know most Americans don't even they're barely getting a third of what they really need. So fiber, I'm not looking at grains so much. I'm looking at vegetable, fruit, beans, and nuts. That those are great sources of food that nourish your heart and your vessels and your circulation. Number two. Um, is lean and clean protein. Well, you have, we have healthy fat up here for number two. So, mm-hmm. um, so fabulous fiber, healthy fat. It's not a low-fat diet. It's about having healthy fat. So we're looking at, for healthy fat, we're looking at um, seafood and fish and nuts. And I love olive oil and almond. You know, for cooking, I really like nut oils for cooking. If I don't want everything to taste like extra virgin olive oil um, nut oils are great avocado oil is great for high heat cooking if one small you and it's such a wonderful oil to cook with it doesn't smoke um, and it's got a lovely delicate flavor so nut oils avocado oils eat more avocado um, more nuts more seafood i just i think we can we can enjoy more fat it makes our food taste good it's good for our brain it's good for our arteries it's good for our hormones so, Can you comment um, on coconut oil, too? Well, thank you. So coconut oil is a really interesting oil. So it's saturated, but it's, it doesn't act at all the way that um, butter or fatty meats might act. It has a different structure to it, so it really shouldn't be in the same class. Um, and I think coconut oil has some nice benefit. It's great for the brain, especially if someone's feeling like there's cognitive decline in the family or something. I think it, it's protective for the brain. It's good for the immune system. And if you're really active, that coconut oil has this medium-chain triglyceride. It's great for fuel. So like when I do these once a week, these 30-mile bike rides with this very intense bike group, and I'm just dying to keep up with them. And um, I definitely want coconut oil for that because it's a great fuel for high-intensity you know, so people hear about you can use coconut oil to lose weight. Well, yes, it's a great fuel. You can't sit on the couch and have coconut oil and lose weight. But if you're active, it's a great fuel. Here's my one concern caveat, though, about coconut oil. It's normally going to raise cholesterol about 30, 40, 50 points. So if you're healthy, I don't really think that matters much because it raises the HDL, the healthy cholesterol, really nicely. But what about someone who's got heart disease or what about someone who's being treated with medication for high cholesterol? If I raise their cholesterol up, 
I'm going to put them on more meds or something. So for that, I think, rare situation where you have heart disease or you're on treatment, I'm going to recommend the other oils I already said earlier instead. So almond oil or avocado oil or olive oil, those are the ones I'm going to recommend for heart disease. And I think everybody who's healthy can enjoy coconut oil and coconut milk likewise. Good. And the third one, lean protein. So lean, and I think I should throw in clean. You know, so when I say lean and clean protein, I like leaner cuts. I'm not looking for fatty cuts of meat, but I like leaner cuts. So, you know, seafood is great for protein. I like free-range organic poultry. I think if you're going to eat beef, it should be grass-fed organic. I think beans are a great source. I think eggs are a big, you know, good source. People say, oh, you can't eat eggs. Yes, you can eat eggs. Eggs don't raise your cholesterol level, especially if you buy the organic um, free-range um, eggs. If they're, I think they're awesome for your health. Mm-hmm. So more beans, more seafood, more free-range organic poultry, grass-fed beef. Um, I think those are all we could use. Protein makes us full and satisfied. It revs our metabolism. And you know I love having a shake in the morning, just like you. So have a you know protein powder and put it in a shake and you know a, a nice heart shake to start your day. Um, I tend to put almond milk in mine with like blueberries or other mixed berries and uh, you know a couple scoops of protein powder. It's incredible. It feels so great all morning just to be energized that way. So it's a great way to start the day. Fantastic. Yeah. No, I totally agree. A protein shake and. Um, adding your favorite nutrients into it, any of your antioxidants, fruits, and and flavors. So that brings us to your number four, beneficial beverages. Yeah, and people go so wrong. But you know, one of the worst things people do is they drink sugary drinks, which is just so harmful. This was interesting. The day my book came out, the 30-Day Heart Tune-Up, was the same day this big article came out in JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, showing that, um, you know, sugar doubles your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. It's a huge risk factor, much more than just cholesterol or something. So I think a great way is, you know, I'm okay with one or two cups of coffee a day, but green tea is even better. Have a protein shake. I love your uh, Mighty Maca greens. I think those are awesome. I know how to split that in the slide. <laughs> I, thank you, because I think it's as a great well idea. Like you should. you got this great wine. product. You know, you Thank can add you. to all sorts of things, including the smoothie. Pop that in. Why not? It's great for you. More pure water. People don't get enough water. You know, you've got these smoothie pitchers there. Yes, you can have a glass of red wine with dinner. That's great. And I really like a cup of cocoa. I think cocoa is, you know, it's a, as long as it's not sweetened, um, you know, it's sugar. You could use maybe a little stevia. But cocoa is really good for our brain and our arteries. So those are the, ben- you know, beneficial beverages i mean people just drink junk too much sodas and it's really a shame tea iced tea is a great thing we should be having more of it definitely unsweet iced tea no artificial unsweetened iced tea thank you very much for pointing that out yeah we're in the southeast here you know i know you're in florida Stephen, but we're really in the yes i mean sweet tea i mean (laughs) we have sweet tea I, you know, someone showed me in a restaurant once how they, I go, how much sugar, you know, I asked for unsweetened tea and they brought the sweet tea and I was like, oh my gosh, 
what is in this? And I said, how much sugar? And she goes, well, you put in a spoon, and then you pour in sugar until the spoon stands up on its own, and then you stir. And I'm like, oh, my, no. <laughs> Sweet tea is like, it's a toxin. I know. I Way know. too much. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's true, and it's a, a weaning process, too, for Many of us are getting hooked off of uh, sweet tea, but also artificial sweeteners. We don't want artificial sweeteners no, in our no. food. And like you said, learn to have unsweetened water. tea or water or a protein smoothie or a cup of cocoa or pop mm-hmm. in some Mighty Maca and enjoy that. I mean, those are all Beautiful. good sources. Expecting. Perfect. And uh, your number five is flavor. We need fabulous flavors in our food. People don't, I don't, they don't appreciate enough how important it is to have flavor in food. You enjoy it. I think we're more satisfied when our food tastes good. I think that's something the Mediterranean diet has going for it. But, you know, herbs and spices are like the most potent anti-aging compounds in our food. So Italian herbs, curry spices, um, chili spices, ginger, garlic, cinnamon. You did a great job here with this photo. I mean, we want we want our food to taste delicious, and we want it to nourish our body and soul. It's so important. So adding these flavors makes a huge difference to our yeah, health. And I want to, yeah, I want to add to, you know, it's so great to just get fresh spices and be able to use them and, and Stephen, you're an amazing chef, so you have a knack for adding flavors. And I grew up, you know, a Middle Eastern background, and my mom is an amazing chef. And just using different uh, herbs and spices, but it's easy to have your own spite, you know, fresh grown herbs in a, even a small, a couple small window boxes or yeah, um, just all you need outside. is a window still, and you can have basil and mint and thyme and oregano and rosemary. I mean, it doesn't take much at all to have a little herb garden in your kitchen, just on a windowsill, or if the weather's good enough outside. But yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing how wonderful it is to just have some fresh herbs you can put in your food. It adds flavor. But I don't think people realize how in, the reason it tastes so good is because we're biochemically attracted to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, it's that common, combining my backgrounds, physician, nutritionist, and trained chef, it's to make them, you know, just so it's awesome for us. Right. Absolutely. And so let's talk about you know, the things that definitely to avoid, the two things that uh, we need to avoid to prevent also talking about um, the number you know, the really two key risk factors are that if we... Yeah, so number one, it's, well, you've heard sugar, but I would would lump it. Anything that causes your blood sugar to spike suddenly, I call those refined carbs. So refined carbs, that's sugar, and it's also, here's the surprise, flour. When you grind, even whole grain flours, when you grind a grain into flour and you eat it, it acts just like sugar in your stomach. So sugar and flour, to me, are almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. Good point. So yeah. that's one. And number two is hydrogenated fat or trans fat. I like to call it embalming fluid because if we, if we allow ourselves <laughs> to eat this stuff, it's like being embalmed. It's awful for us. Uh, so um, what should people look at for trans fat? 
Well, anytime, you know, here's the weird thing. It can say no trans fat on the front of a box, but on the yeah. back, under the ingredients, they can it can say partially hydrogenated fat. So you, unfortunately, if you're not buying, you know, when you buy a chicken breast or you buy broccoli or you buy an apple, you don't have to worry about it. When you're buying something in a package, you've got to read the ingredients. There's just no way around it because it's so deceiving how they can let this stuff slip in otherwise. So the front of the box is made by the marketing department. The ingredients is written by the legal department for most food industry. They take it very oh, wow. seriously. Yeah, it's huge. But yeah, you've got all these great, you know, Crisco. Now, Crisco, they've actually got rid of most of the hydrogen. They're getting trying to cut most of the hydrogen out. So as some, um, but most cakes, most cookies, a lot of the chips, certainly donuts. I mean, these are just toxins. But yeah. that's tw what you those pictures here. That's t like twenty five percent of calories in the average American diet today. At least, right? So we want to leave uh, just kind of looking at the the uh, five heart healing food groups again. And a know, soda, just having one soda a day, increases your risk of heart attack and stroke by over thirty percent. That's it. One soda yeah. a day is a major impact on health. So, but the truth is, when you add all these other foods we're talking about, you know, you can, you can add wonderful, delicious, fragrant food that tastes incredible, and you don't even miss it once you get, once you realize how much there is to add, how many flavors you can experiment with, you know, most people don't miss it once they get into adding healthy food. They feel incredible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go over some questions, and I know, um, Stephen, I want you to share with us the um, free gift that you're offering our audience. There is a link for it right on our um, page, or, or they can go directly to hearttuneup.com or um, quebecahealth.com forward slash hearttuneup, which we got that link after I um, started the call. So hearttuneup.com or just click the link on the um, instant teleseminar page and tell uh, tell everyone what they get by going. Well, we wrote out a I wrote up a guide because I wanted people to be able to go to their doctor and there's a quiz in this, so it's a quiz and a guide to help go through the lifestyle factors that predict arterial plaque growth, heart disease, and then the test that I want you to ask your doctor to order. So, what test do you need? that your doctor may not be ordering. If not you, maybe for you, maybe for your spouse, maybe for your parents. So get this. Be, you have my permission to share it with family members. Um, I want this to be a gift that could make a difference in someone's life, maybe save someone's life. So these are tests on both for lab tests as well as things like body fat and fitness and nutrient intake that I think everybody should do. Number two, I wanted to put in the details for the nutrients. So which newt for like magnesium and vitamin K, how do you get them from food and where can you get them from a supplement if you don't get them from food? I wanted people to benefit from this so they can stop growing plaque, improve their circulation, improve their sexual function, 
um, and get those benefits immediately. And then I did one of, you know, I like to cook, so I thought, okay, please come join me in my kitchen. Let me cook a meal for you. Let me show you how I make a meal that I think is, you know, easy to prepare. It tastes delicious and it's nutritious for you and family and friends. So I, I think that's a skill. You can read a cookbook and not always get it. So joining me in my kitchen is a special way of me helping you help the health of your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the gifts I wanted to offer to everybody listening in. So I want all of our listeners to be sure to go to hearttuneup.com and get that free gift. And um, we've got a lot of questions uh, that have come in, Stephen, so I want to address a few of them. And I know we want to hit on a couple other special topics, too on some other good things for your heart, so saving that juicy little tidbits to the end. But I want to address, um, Angie asked, how about red palm oil? I imagine she's talking about palm fruit oil. How do you mm-hmm. love that? I love that one. And that's a um, a good oil to cook with, correct? Well, it tolerates heat, so it doesn't smoke well. Um, you can't, yes, you certainly, I think of it, I tend to think of it in some ways as, you know, an, an oil you can use, in some ways like use coconut oil. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't have any major, cons- I don't have, I'm not worried about it, I think it's a, you know, a healthy food, a, a acceptable oil to use. Um, it's still, my favorites are olive oil, nettles, and avocado oil. Those are my favorite ones. But I think the palm, the red palm oil that you mentioned is just fine. Okay, sounds good. And Cindy wrote in from Elma. She wrote, my husband has had a four-way bypass, and he is worried about the new, that the new veins won't last, and he's going to die within the 10 years they state when they replace the veins. If diet and um, care are part of his life, Will the heart be healthy longer? Well, you, he can actually rejuvenate those arteries. Mm-hmm. You know, so the good news is that you can rebuild the arteries, you can shrink plaque over time, and you can strengthen the heart. So this 30-day heart tune-up, it, you can use it to prevent or reverse heart disease. I've had hundreds of patients who've shrunk their plaque by more than 10%. They've opened their arteries, they've opened their circulation, and they've revitalized and restored their lives. So, um, but you can't rely, the procedure, the bypass surgery, that only treated his symptom of a blocked artery at the time. That doesn't prevent him from having a future heart attack and stroke. Only lifestyle changes you and I propose every day. Those are the ones that are going to make a bigger difference than the bypass surgery, to be honest. Absolutely. And, Cindy, when you take those, you make those therapeutic lifestyle changes, you're taking your health into your own hands. So your husband also will feel empowered. So going through the 30-day heart tune-up together, working through that on many ways is very, very empowering because when you've had a procedure, you feel like out of control. Will what I do next be able to help or prevent? And the answer is absolutely. The quality of life has mm-hmm. a tremendous ability to improve itself. So do these changes now. Start now. And, and the good the news is, you know, I've spoken together. to what, about maybe 30,000 physicians in the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a decent chance that his doctor has even heard of me in the program. So... 
might have even been to one of my talks as far as I know. So um, this is something that you could, that questionnaire, that free gift we had, take the quiz with him to his doctor. Go with him, go the three of you, you know, the two of you go and meet with that doctor together and go through the list of what risk factors can you fix? What are the things there? I want this to be an interactive tool that you can do with your doctor and get him involved. And a beautiful thing to do is to take a copy of Dr. Masley's book as a gift. I will tell you that, gosh, in 1999 or 2000, someone brought me Wisdom of Menopause by Christiane Northrup, which mm-hmm. was really important to receive that way back when, early in my career out of Emory University. And and so having that, having that brought to you by a, a, a patient, you know, a client that we care about, right, in a, in a in a sharing, giving, generous way is a beautiful thing. And this but that's an amazing because this I had a patient give me that book, I don't know, 15 years ago. Yeah, it really helped yeah. transform me. Mm-hmm. So when a patient gave that to me and I read it and I really thanked them with a heartfelt thank you, that was really mm-hmm. powerful. So that's an excellent idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely and- recommend people do, you know, buy a book for your doctor. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And since I'm feeling the love here, let's talk about the bonus of having a good heart. <laughs> so we talk about romance is good for our heart and a healthy heart. I mean, the heart has so so much symbolic uh, value to each of us. Really, we associate, we just had Valentine's Day, so we think of, the heart with love and connection, romance, and um, the important aspects of that. And, and as a as an ardent researcher into oxytocin, that the heart has mm-hmm. oxytocin receptors as well as the ability to produce oxytocin, which makes it tremendous. So our heart is also associated with heartache as well. And then and then for you know uh, Dr. Masley and myself, also heart disease, heart disease in the family, and how a painful a process that is, especially as where we are now, thinking, man, if I knew this information 15, 20 years ago, I possibly could have prevented my mom's death. And, yeah, and that, I think the that's same thing about Chuck, my stepdad, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, with that, you know, just thinking that it's with love that we bring this um, program to you. So we're just exuding oxytocin on this call for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So let's talk about let's talk about how romance is good for your heart and that why the 30-day heart tune-up is good for your sex life. You've touched on a little well, bit. Well, it's calming. You know, it lowers cortisol. It improves your blood pressure. You sleep better. Um, and then I think oxytocin, you know, we think of it as the love and bonding hormone, but it's the calming hormone too. It's very soothing. And I think when you soothe your vessels, they relax and they'll just dissolve plaque. I think there's something so positive about that. And then, you know, that glow you get, that relaxation after a little romance, um, even just a long hug, even if it's not sex, just a massage, caress, long hug, it's so soothing. You know, so having some cuddling, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, sex is great, but just romance and caress is so important as well for our health. 
Absolutely. Touch, hugging. You know, hold the hug a little bit longer. And I wanted you to hit on your, um, for your healthy heart, your six nutrients that are so important. Yeah, so the nutrients we go to in detail for that handout are fiber. Again, that's fruit, vegetable, beans, and nuts, 30 grams a day. And we try to give all the tools in the 30-day heart tune-up on how to get that easily. Fish, so that's either wild fish. Do you get fish roll from, like, wild salmon or sardines, or if you don't really enjoy having those three times a week, a good quality fish oil product. But it's got to be, of all the supplements we take, I think fish oil is the most important for quality because poor quality fish oil, it can be rancid. I think it can increase cancer risk. So you have to make sure something tastes, you can taste it. Stick a needle in the capsule, taste a drop of the oil, make sure it tastes fresh. It's not lemonade, but it shouldn't taste bad. Um, Vitamin D, I think you always make a good point on that. It's so important for our blood vessels and our health. Vitamin K, um, it it keeps calcium in your bones instead of going to your arteries. Uh, And we don't want to shift calcium from our bones to our arteries. That's a bad plan. And we get that from green leafies. So a half cup to a cup of cooked greens every day. Magnesium is so important. I mean, we just had someone today, he was having muscle cramps and palpitations. And I'd given him some magnesium, and they totally went away within a day or two. It was just phenomenal. So migraines, constipation, muscle cramps, palpitations, all of that's probably oftentimes magnesium deficiency. And if you have bad magnesium deficiency, you can have a heart attack. And then the worst is people take calcium, and calcium blocks magnesium absorption. So... I'm okay with taking calcium, but you always have to take calcium and magnesium together. And then last is potassium. It's so important for your blood pressure. So those are the nutrients people need. And I gave uh, more details for that in that free gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, everyone, claim your free gift. And we have several questions. Donald, how are you out there? Glad to hear you listening. And you have a very important question, and it's um, how is thyroid health tied into heart health? Well, in several ways. If you have low thyroid, low metabolism, um, it, it causes, it disrupts all of aspects of health. So people with low thyroid are tired, they're worn out, um, they have low energy, they tend to gain weight. They're more risk of getting heart disease from their cholesterol profile is abnormal. Their blood sugar tends to go up. And if you have overthyroid, hyperthyroid, that's a, like an adrenaline surge. It's um, over the top. It's really hard on you. It raises blood pressure. So what we need is good hormone balance um, for good heart health. And, you know, our thyroid is the master regulator of our metabolism. So it's hard to imagine anybody being in good health without good thyroid function. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And the important thyroid nutrients, iodine, selenium, zinc, and that we get that from our food sources as much as possible as well. You mentioned zinc, but zinc turned out to be a really important factor in some of our latest studies looking at plaque growth. If you're really zinc deficient, it turned out to be a big predictor because zinc also has to do with blood sugar control. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite nutrients, and do you think of um, healthy autoimmune system and zinc, you know, higher zinc to lower copper ratios and things we mm-hmm. want to be And then adrenal that. function. 
If you don't have zinc, your adrenals tend to fail, and you end up with low libido on top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, zinc is important for testosterone as well. So mm-hmm. uh, good for, for men, men and, and women. women. Mm-hmm. Now, Mitty from Irvine wrote, I have a question about chest pain I'm experiencing and want to know which test I should do. Hmm. You know, definitely want to hear more about what type of chest pain you're having, Mitty. You know, what is this? Again, for women, chest pain, cardiovascular symptoms can be quite different than men. Atypical chest pain, back pain, shoulder pain, arm pain um, can all be signs that something's going on with the heart. So, for some women, it's just shortness of breath. Mm. That might be all it is. They just feel out of breath when they're doing activities. That can be a sign all by itself. But I'm going to say if someone's having chest pain, they need to go. I mean, you have to go see a doctor. You know, right. that's something that needs to be evaluated. The full workup, I mean, especially in women, you know, women and men, but, you know, that's the, the process. The standard of care is going to be EKG, echocardiogram, and if you've got to really, you know, if someone's doing echo, have them do carotid. Are they doing that standard? I know we do it. In no, carotid IMT. I've, I've got about 500 physicians doing this. Um, across the country now, and I know it's gonna, it's growing quickly. I'm hoping to be at a thousand physicians offering this across the country by the end of the year. So, um, it's just taking off. But yes, when most people go to get their carotids done, they're looking to see are they blocked, do they need surgery. They're not measuring internal medial thickness, carotid IMT, which is looking at the age of your arteries. It's still only a small fraction of places doing that. Oh, okay. So, Mitty, please go get that checked out and let us know how you're doing. Um, Phyllis wrote from Atlanta, do you have to use a vegan protein powder, or is it okay to use organic, grass-fed, non-denatured whey protein for your shakes? Well, how do you answer that? I know how I answer it. Let me let you answer that first. Well, you know, I'm happy with organic, grass-fed, non-denatured whey protein, a good pure whey protein. I'm happy with that. Now, I'm dairy sensitive, so I can't do, I actually can't do um, any whey. That doesn't fit with me. So I would say if if you don't have a sensitivity, that sounds good if you can get organic, grass-fed. Yeah, I like organic, grass-fed whey protein. I think it's good for immune function. I I admit about probably 15% of people are just plain dairy protein intolerant. But I think for 85% of people who tolerate dairy, it's a great source. And as a chef, I have to say I like the texture of whey protein that it's shake. So I like the texture, I like the flavor, and I like the – it's got all the branched-chain amino acids, so it's really good for function. So if you're dairy intolerant, please stop using it. But otherwise, I'm completely comfortable with people using um, grass-fed organic whey protein. I think it's great. Yeah, and we've got another. And that's what I'm. Protein. We're designing a heart shake, and that's what we're going to put in our shake as a whey protein, a grass-fed, organic, um, non-hydrolyzed whey protein. Nice. Yeah, and um, we've got a great question from Bobby out of Worcester. Did I say that correctly, Worcester? Um, but the question is, how does a ketogenic diet affect plaque formation? I don't think of a ketogenic diet. You know, a ketogenic diet is looking for a different fuel source. I tend to, you know, people do it for, 
I think it first got used for people who were trying to lose weight, you know, rapid weight loss. But now they're using it for, like, epilepsy, and people are using it for people with cognitive decline. So when you're on a ketogenic diet, it it provides a different fuel source for the brain, and there's there's quite a few brain benefits. Um, I don't really think it was having a big... Um, cardiovascular impact myself. How about you? You know, I think when I think ketogenic diet, I want to think the optimum ketogenic diet, right? Because you can have an unhealthy ketogenic mm. diet as well. Thank you. So yes, you think, could do it improperly. Yeah. I was giving someone like following a Dr. Perlmutter ketogenic diet, but yes, you could just right, fast exactly. and eat a bunch of unhealthy protein and fat, unhealthy fat, and that would be bad. Right. So exactly. it's really so key, though, is it's if you're going to do a ketogenic diet, you're looking at lean and clean protein and health and lots of healthy fat. It's a, really a predominant fat diet. But I'm only talking right. about healthy fat sources. I'm not talking about eating junk fat um, to accomplish exactly. that. So that's a really good point. Grass-fed, organic, free-range. I mean, it's completely different beef than than other otherwise farmed. So, Hormone yeah. and pesticide Great. enriched. And antibiotics. So the daily dose of antibiotics <laughs> along with that, right? So, yeah, yeah if it's a clean, pure, healthy source. Yeah, exactly, the Perlmutter ketogenic diet plan, absolutely. But, um, again, you know, I think, I think too, that um, try different things as you go along. I mean, but the biggest thing is that you're doing what's healthiest for you. Um, I know for many of us, like you're affected by the seasons. So eating the food that's in season is really important. It's how we were created, how how for generations we've been designed to survive. So you know, eating the foods in in season, rotating, eating fresh, whole, unadulterated um, choices is is the best way to go so uh see what resonates well for your body and you know in that ketogenic diet i tried ketogenic diet myself for a while and i was hormonally off balance so you really have to be uh conscientious you know with, with whatever program you're on so whole foods for me is starting with healthy shake with good healthy fats in it in the morning um healthy protein healthy fats i stay i stay very low low to no grain because my body just likes to store anything I put in it. So I have to stay very paleo as well, but choosing very healthy um, carb sources, lots of I tend to more lean towards a paleo eating plan than a ketogenic one. Mm -hmm. I personally don't feel well on a ketogenic diet. It just doesn't work very well for me. Although I know for some people it works great. I can't do it. Right, right. I agree. Now, Angie asked from uh, Glenside, she wrote in, so can lifestyle help after valve replacement surgery? My mom just had her second valve replacement, and I am finding that her memory has suffered. Well, God bless you, Angie, and God bless your mom. I really hope that she has a really quick recovery. Stephen, will you um, talk on, uh, comment on this? And I have a few comments. Yeah, that's a hard one because, mm-hmm. you know, my um – Mother-in-law, first she had bypass surgery, and then she had a valve replacement. And she had a tremendous amount of memory loss after both. Because what happens is if they're manipulating the valves when they do that, it's like a meteor shower of plaque sometimes that comes off from the arteries as they're making those kind of changes up to the brain. 
So all extra important to nourish, you know, so if someone's had that, um, to help rebuild and regain circulation um, is so important. I think that's that's where I would look at something like, you know, neurologic sources of repair like CoQ10, uh, carnitine, um, alpha-lipoic acid, resveratrol, those kind of things, curcumin for brain repair and brain support along with healthy fat, along with the artery work that we've talked about for someone who's gone through that kind of thing and had memory loss. Um, yeah. Clearly, we got to try to prevent these procedures because right. the side, you know, having seen many, many patients have side effects from over years, um, it's, I just, it's just to me happens too often. Right. So right. my and, heart and goes out when I hear that, that that's someone having, struggling with that. Mm-hmm. And and definitely the healthy fats and no sugar, no gluten, um, you know, no to minimal grains. So very paleo program as well, so she can recover as speedily as possible. And I'm glad she has you out there, Angie. So um, we had just take one more, uh, there's just one, two more questions um, okay. that I that I, I know we have a whole bunch. So I apologize if we haven't gotten to your question tonight, but um, the, speaking of healthy fats and, and healthy oils, Tammy wrote in, um, what if you don't like fish or seafood at all? Um, what other substitute would you recommend? Well, if you don't like, see, that's a good question. So mm-hmm. people think of like flaxseed oil, and that's not the same. When we do, you know, plant-based sources, they're medium chain, long chain fatty acids. They're not the long chain. They don't have the anti-inflammatory. They don't have the heart prevention. They don't have the brain protection. So you can't replace them with like flaxseed oil, which many which many companies try to sell. It's not. But you could have seaweed. I mean, fish get them mm-hmm. from seaweed. So a mm-hmm. seaweed salad um, three times a week. Mm-hmm. You could have nori sheets, a couple sheets mm-hmm. on a regular. So a lot more sushi. Um, so mm-hmm. seaweed works. Uh, if you don't like fish, you know, mussels and scallops, oysters work. Um, and then that's why there's fish oil pills for people who really don't like exactly. it. Supplementation, exactly. Yeah. But, and it, yeah. you know, that, and seaweed's another source. Like for vegetarians, when people ask me we're a vegetarian, I usually recommend they make sure to get um, a good, you know, solid source of seaweed at least three times a week. Yeah. And um, one question is, does, you know, Diet influence arrhythmia or rapid heart rate, and and you talked about the importance of magnesium in arrhythmia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I think the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. same thing. with palpitations, arrhythmias. I always think magnesium and potassium. You know, those are really important for in our diet to make sure we get enough magnesium and potassium, or we do end up with cardiac arrhythmias and palpitations. Right, and that's all the signaling system. So Joe had written in from Ottawa. So that really is all about the signaling system. So really helping the, you know, by providing the nutrients that help your body uh, communication process and your cell function and your metabolism. And that can make a really big difference in how you do. And again, I think emphasizing too, sometimes it's the things we take away, the sugar, the gluten, um, that actually help um as you know, as much if not more. So I want to encourage you on that. And then just Jean, who wrote in from Barbados, what can a 60-year-old woman do to give her more moisture? And 
um, when we talk about vaginal moisture, everything that we've talked about today is going to help with the vaginal health, vaginal tissue. Again, improving blood supply and circulation will help. You can also use coconut oil. Uh, I've done a lot of work with vaginal DHEA, which mm-hmm. um, you can use a sublingual in the vagina. You can use a cream locally on the outside of the vagina, um, and that can get a good therapeutic response to the vaginal get tissue. Get a prescription from your doctor for vaginal get DHEA, a- too. Yes, absolutely. And our, any compounder can make some vaginal DHEA, 5 or 10 milligrams daily, and that can make a huge difference at any age. So I want to encourage you, and I want to thank our guests and for anyone who, um, uh, to get the replay, make sure you find on quebecahealth.com forward slash couch talk. And, um, and don't forget to go to hearttuneup.com to get your free gift from Dr. Masley. That is a very comprehensive, beautiful um, gift. And also get your book, get, your, get the Heart Tune Up for you and your doctor and um, and enjoy all the benefits that having a healthy heart can give you. And Dr. Massey, I want to thank you so much for being on the call today with us and sharing your wisdom and your passion to get the world healthy and especially addressing the importance of a healthy heart. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been a delight to be with you tonight. Thank you. Everyone have a good night.